Hello and welcome to Inside Your County Government, a podcast that brings you an inside look at the people and events in and around county government that shape our Charles County. I'm your host, Brent Huber. October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month, and we're talking with an outreach specialist for the Center for Abused Persons about domestic violence and what the center does to provide assistance. Joining me right now is Erica Rosa, an outreach specialist for the Center for Abused Persons here in Charles County. Erica, hello. Hi, how's it going? Very good, very good. So let's start right at the top. Tell us what you do and what the center, how the center functions. Sure. Well, first, I'll tell you a little bit about CAP and what we do. The Center for Abused Persons, or we abbreviate it as CAP. You'll hear me say CAP a lot today. We are a private nonprofit agency dedicated to reducing the prevalence and impact of interpersonal violence within Charles County. CAP offers a broad range of services that aim to support adults and adolescents affected by intimate partner violence, sexual assault, and or adults who have suffered from childhood sexual abuse too. Uh, I just wanted to make that distinction because I feel like sometimes Mm -hmm. people may be confused thinking that we serve children too, but we don't. Out of our services, we have a 24-hour crisis hotline, individual counseling, victim advocacy, abuse intervention programming, and community education. So we do a lot. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. Definitely. Yeah, and we've even been around since 1983, so I believe that's 37 years. I really hadn't thought it had been that long. Yeah, I guess time goes by really quick. (laughs) It does, it does. And as far as how we function, we have Mm -hmm. hotline counselors that are available 24-7 on the crisis hotline. So even if it's 3 o'clock in the morning and you feel like you need someone, you can call us and we'll pick up. Mm -hmm. We have three counselors that provide one-on-one sessions with survivors. The intake is always free, and that's that first introductory visit. And beyond that, there's a sliding scale. So we work with your income to ensure that counseling is affordable for everyone. So somebody that's in crisis that, that needs to reach out to a counselor 24 hours a day, seven days a week, there's somebody there that will listen to them and help them get the assistance that they need. Absolutely. Yep. Or even even if you just feel like you need resources or you're someone who isn't dealing with abuse yourself, but you know someone who needs help, we can provide those resources for you. What do you actually consider abuse? Well, um, it's complicated because I feel like when people hear the word abuse at first, Mm -hmm. they just think someone's getting beaten up. It's just a physical thing or just a sexual thing, but also emotional abuse counts too. And that's a bit more tricky because you might not be seeing bruises on someone, but that mental and emotional impact can still make a devastating difference in someone's life. And, and, I, and I imagine now that we're, you know, we're in the midst of this pandemic, we, we've had a lockdown. Are you seeing an increase in domestic violence? Well, nationally, we're seeing that the trends are showing a huge spike in DV cases. As far as Charles County, we're not necessarily seeing more calls, but the cases that we are seeing are more severe. Like they're, they're oh. more, more serious things are happening. And we do think that it's due to COVID. Survivors, they're trapped at home with their abusers where those people may have been out at their day jobs and now they're stuck. Because of that, we've been ensuring to tell everyone that our 24-7 crisis hotline, it's more than just domestic violence and sexual assault. Also, if you know someone who's having suicidal thoughts or if you're just having pandemic stress, you can even reach out to us about that. 
So it's 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 more than it's more than a resource for just abused persons. I mean, if you're feeling all the stress of everything going on around us, yes, you can still reach out and still gain access to the things that you need to to help you through the crisis. Yes, the yes, the crisis hotline is pretty much all encompassing. Well, that's that's good to know because I mean, I can imagine that you know in this time there there are a lot of people that are going through a lot of stress and have a lot of you know anxieties and and and. I mean, this is a tough time. You know, they need some place to turn. Absolutely. And even if it's a situation that we can't directly provide resources for, we can point you in the right direction as to where to go. And um, just another thing I wanted to mention since we were talking about COVID, we're not seeing clients in our office physically at this time, but we're providing telehealth for our counseling services. And even advocacy, if let's say somebody's getting a protective order and they wanted some coaching on that kind of thing. We do advocacy via phone as well. So let me ask you this while we're all on the subject of the crisis line and the phone, how does mm-hmm. somebody reach out to you or to the um, crisis line that sure. may be afraid and they're worried about being seen reaching out for help? What do you, what do you tell them? I mean, that's such a tricky situation and we're yeah. actually in the process of working to create a texting hotline in the future. So mm-hmm. that might be a bit more easily accessed if a phone call is a hard thing to do. We we try to tell people if you can at all get some space to call our hotline. And even when we pick up the phone, we don't say Center for Abuse Persons. We answer as CAP. Okay. And we even have a neat feature on our website where when you go to our website, there's like a little escape button. Yeah, I was I was of. actually looking around at that this week, you know, preparing for this. And and I said, well, I wonder what this button does. And I clicked it and it took me to the weather channel. I yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. I wonder if it's just a, you know, a random list of websites that you just poof. Well, two, two things I'd say following that is I, I know it could be a really scary situation, but everyone that's involved with CAP is very compassionate and ready to listen to you. And beyond that, we also have a podcast, which I know you've heard a couple episodes of. Yes. We have CAP presents a morning cup of advocacy. So if you just want to learn about the protective order process or any topic relating to domestic violence, really, we probably have an episode on it. And if you're too nervous to talk to a real person, maybe check that out first. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So survivor safety some, tips. Uh, and there was a, there was a uh, you've got a long list. You have quite a quite a lot of podcasts going there. And and it was some really good information and it was presented very, very well. And, uh, you know, if you're out there and you're listening to this one and you want to have some good advice on what you could do, then then definitely listen to these. And. That kind of leads me to my next question. Okay, so Cap has podcast and you're you're the host of that. So tell me how that came about. Sure. So I'm sure like many organizations have been learning during the pandemic. Sometimes you really have to think outside of the box to get information to people. And we noticed that all the presentations we had lined up in person weren't going through and some places weren't quite Zoom comfortable yet. So myself and our other victim advocate, Nicole, we teamed up and thought, why don't we do a podcast? I have experience in that. And back when I had a college radio show, she used to guest on it. So it was kind of (laughs) born of that. And we said, let's give everyone accessible advocacy where it's not so involved that they would be scared to tune in and listen. Right, right. 
And it's a really good format. I mean, you know, it's it's like sitting down and you have I was in fact, I was actually drinking a cup of coffee the other morning listening to it. I was like, this is really good. It's a lot of good information here. Yeah. So as an advocate, what exactly do you do? Um, A little bit of everything, really. (laughs) So um, I guess I can talk pre-COVID and Mm post-COVID, but pre-COVID, the routine was when protective orders are happening at the Charles County Courthouse, we go to the courthouse in La Plata. When people are coming up for protective orders and their case will meet the criteria that we follow, meaning it's an intimate partner DV case, we -hmm. can approach that person afterward for an outreach and we'll say, Hey, my name's Erica. I'm from CAP. Here's some information about us. And here are the resources if you need them. And we ask if they have any questions about how their protective order is going to go. And we help guide them through that. Because I can imagine, you know, it's it's quite a process. I mean, it was, it's enough to be the victim of abuse. But then having to navigate through a, a legal system and a justice system, I, I can I can only imagine how, how difficult that is. Oh, yeah. And we and the thing is, we never want anyone to feel like they're alone in it. Oh, exactly. And um, additionally, as far as outreaches, we'll go to the hospital when there's been a sexual assault. So after their exam, we'll come in, do the same thing and say, we know this is a really hard thing you're going through, but here's our information. And if you feel you need some counseling, you feel you need someone to talk to, we're here for you. So being an advocate is not just really helping them manage through, you know, through through the crisis and getting them the correct help, but you also kind of interface with the sheriff's office. Can you talk about how you interface with the sheriff's office? Sure. So there's a program, it's called the Lethality Assessment Program. We call it LAP for shorthand. And it's a tool used by the police officers to assess if someone is in immediate danger of homicide by the aggressor. Basically, the report comes in, it's a it's 11 questions, and depending on how they answer, they can screen in for high danger. And when they screen in, we give them a follow-up call. Mm-hmm. And that, that's where my end of it comes in is I can call and ask how they're doing and sort of figure out how we can get them the help that they need. So this would be something like um, there was an, an, an incident at a home or an incident somewhere where somebody was abused. The police got involved. Uh, they, they could recognize it as, as, as a potential domestic violence call. Mm-hmm. They ask these questions and then from these questions they determine whether or not, or they determine what needs to take place next, correct? Yes. And then CAP gets involved on the on the back side of that, right? Well, the, the reports come in, and when someone screens in, it's our job to make that follow-up to check on the survivor. Generally, when we do follow-up calls, we'll ask someone about whether or not they're getting a protective order against the person, and we encourage them to stay somewhere else where mm-hmm. that person doesn't know where they are. Every time I do a presentation, I always drive the point home. It takes an average of seven times for a survivor to leave an abusive relationships. Wow. An abusive relationship. Yeah. Seven times. Now, when you advocate and when somebody calls to to talk to, to counselors, what what happens at that point? I mean, is it do you have to talk? I mean, exactly. What do you say? What do you do? You talk them through it. Uh, I mean, having never been in that situation yeah i mean it's hard to put yourself in the shoes of someone going through that and and i'm not sure how you all do what you do 
And it's amazing that there are people that, that, that take time to be there to help these people. How do you help them? How do you get them out of that situation? Um, well, one thing I always say too, is I feel like unless you're ready to get that help, it's not going to work. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. back to that statistic of like, it takes an average of seven times for someone to leave. I I say compassion is so important if you're going to be somebody working in this field and doing the types of things that we do, but the hotline counselors have a, a magic about them that they seem to really be able to comfort people that need it. And as far as being an advocate, I I don't want to say that necessarily like part of my position is like getting people in the door to counseling, but kind of you, you can answer their questions and point them in the right direction. And sometimes if someone's having the worst day of their life, you can tell them exactly what they need to hear to feel comfortable to have a counselor. And that's really it too. It's, it's having the skills and having the compassion to be that voice for someone to hear at the exact time that they need to hear it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And get them the help that they need. That's, that's absolutely amazing. I mean, this is a, an incredible program, an incredible center, um, 30 some years here in the County. And now does uh, there are, are there other places that have similar, I mean, is cap just here in Maryland or here in Charles? Is it, I mean, I imagine there's other places all around the United States that do. But oh is yeah. It, I mean, for Charles County, we're it. Um, mm-hmm. But generally if someone calls and they're out of area and they want something that's more local to the County or, we could always direct them to the closest place that serves their area. Okay. Erica, one more time. If somebody's in crisis, um, how can they contact cap? I would say 24 seven crisis hotline. And that phone number is 301-645-3336. And you do have a website. If somebody wants to, you know, just to get some general information and you've got the podcast. So tell people where they can get both of those. Sure. Um, our website is www.centerforabusepersonscharlescounty.org. And we also have social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All right. So I will put that contact information in the show notes. And Erica, thank you so much for joining us and, and bringing to attention to uh, domestic violence. Sure. Thanks for having me. All right. So that's all that we have for this podcast. And we will uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Remember, you can find more great podcasts online at charlescountymd.gov slash podcast. Like this episode and head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. We can be found under Charles County Government.